We light this candle as a sign of hope in the coming light of Christ. Advent means coming. We are preparing ourselves for the days when there will be no more war or violence. We are preparing ourselves for the days when hope will push all fear and doubt aside as we see the unfolding of God's plan of salvation. The prophet Isaiah teaches, Nations shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child will lead them. We are preparing ourselves for the coming of Christ, who has come and who will come again. Let us pray together. Eternal God, creator of all light and life, we give you thanks for hope in the coming of Christ, the light that shines in the darkness in the life of all people. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Amen.
Stand up and raise your heads. Our redemption is drawing near. Let us lift our hearts. Surely coming when all things shall be made new. Holy God, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in Thee. And so we come to offer our praise and adoration for the blessings of our lives. Through Jesus Christ our Savior, we pray. Good morning to those gathered here with us in person and those live streaming with us and welcome to our service of worship of the First Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia. I am Megan Lacluse, and along with Dr. Baron Mollis, our music director Anderson and our choir, we are excited to have all of you gathered here with us this morning on this first Sunday of Advent. There are a number of announcements I invite you to look at on the back of your bulletin. And a few I want to call your attention to include our Advent Christian Ed Education Series, led by the Reverend Barbara Chapel, which is happening on Wednesday evenings via Zoom at 5 p.m. Also, our Giving Tree is up and running. Thank you to those who have already signed up on our virtual part of the Giving Tree. The in-person tree will be in Old Buttonwood Hall, where I do invite you to join us after the service for a time of fellowship as well. One other announcement to call your attention to is an upcoming membership class for any of those who may be interested in joining the church. I invite you to reach out to Barron, and then once we have our interested parties, a time will be scheduled for that membership class. And now I am going to invite Andrew to teach us a sung Lord's Prayer that we will be using during Advent. Good morning. Uh, as we do throughout the year, you'll notice that we have changed the music to more closely reflect the new liturgical season. For the weeks of Advent and Christmas, we will be singing the Lord's Prayer. This is a practice we've never tried here at first, and I think, and I hope, um, it might end up being one of the most meaningful. Uh, singing engages us in a way that just plain speaking cannot. By adding pitch, it sharpens our focus on the text, and by adding rhythm, it uh, brings our individual speeches into one corporate speech. And Augustine said that he who sings prays twice, and Presbyterians like praying, so that's probably a good thing. Um, it is um, a rather old uh, setting. The notes are come from the old plain song, uh, which is uh, actually was the very first music in the Western Church. So this is about as old as it gets, and uh, from this came all music that we know and love today. Um, it looks very uh, complicated, but it's actually not. There are only five pitches, um, -da 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 -da, and then a D. Um, and then, uh, so that you're not utterly confounded when it comes into the service, um, we're going to practice it now. Um, first, uh, a line at a time, the choir will sing for you, and Evan is going to come up and help you along. You'll just repeat one line at a time after the choir, and then we'll sing it once through after that. Thank you. 
Great, now we're going to do it once, all the way, just straight through, and then you will be perfectly rehearsed for later on. The proof of God's amazing love is this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ rose in power for us. Christ reigns for us. Christ prays for us. With such an assurance, we need never fear confession, but only draw near to our God who has made us and loved us in candor. Let us do that first in unison and then in silence as we make more personal our confessions. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy on us. We are not ready for your coming. We live in sin as though there were no justice. We live in fear as though there were no grace. Forgive us, Lord. Show us your mercy and steadfast love. Lead us in your truth and teach us your paths, for you are the God of our salvation. Amen.
As far as the east is from the west, so far does God remove our iniquities from us. Friends, believe the promise of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. First lesson is taken from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. In the 33rd chapter, beginning at the 14th verse and reading through the 16th, listen for the word of God to us this day. <clears throat> the days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Second lesson is taken from Psalm 25, the first ten verses. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exult over me. Do not let those who wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth. And teach me, for you are the God of my salvation, for I wait for you all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. 
According to your steadfast love, remember me for your goodness' sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his decrees. May God bless to our hearing and our understanding this reading of God's holy word. Our third reading this morning comes from the first letter to the Thessalonians in the third chapter, starting with the ninth verse. How can we thank God enough for you? in return for all the joy that we feel before our God because of you. Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you face to face and restore whatever is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we abound in love for you. And may he so strengthen your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Some of you may have heard me say this over the years, but I love the church calendar. Happy New Year, by the way. I mean, of course it isn't perfect. The ordinary time from Trinity Sunday through Reformation Sunday gets a little bit long, but I appreciate how it sets the rhythm for our church year and how there are things that we come back to year after year again and again. I appreciate how it is the product of centuries of church history connecting us to Christians throughout the ages. I also can't help but notice how quietly the new year begins. It ends on a high note, right? Christ the King Sunday. Yes, as Barron talked about in his sermon last Sunday, Jesus' kingship does look very different than we would anticipate a king to look like, or a celebration of a king. But that is part of what we celebrate that the kingdom of God and the kingship of Christ looks so very different than any earthly ruler. And then, after ending on that high note, the new year sneaks in. Often the Sunday after Thanksgiving in the U.S., when many people are still traveling anyways. And with the new year, Advent begins. Four Sundays of waiting and preparing. It's always easy for one season to just slide into the next. But this year, I'm going to suggest that we not just glide into the Sundays of Advent, 
but see it as an invitation for us to stop in the name of love as we wait for the gift of love incarnate, divine love taking on human flesh, entering the world. When Paul wrote the letter to the community at Thessalonica, he wasn't waiting to celebrate Christmas. Rather, they were waiting for Jesus to return, what we would call the second coming. But what he wrote to the community as they waited has relevance for us as we enter our own time of waiting and preparing. He wrote, May the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we abound in love for you. And may the Lord so strengthen your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. How do we increase and abound in love for one another and all and strengthen our hearts in holiness? We accept the invitation to stop in the name of love. If you listen to the song of this title by Diana Ross and the Supremes, at the very, very beginning of the song, you'll hear the command to stop, followed by a beat and a half of rest before they continue. Or in the more recent Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars, you'll hear the command to stop, followed by a beat of rest, then wait a minute, followed by another rest, before the music continues. In order for us to stop, the literal music tells us we have to rest, we have to pause. The same is true of driving whenever we reach a stop sign. Or at least I think that's the understanding of how a stop sign works, though these days I'm not sure that everybody gets that. In case this ever comes up, if you're out for trivia or quizzo, the first stop sign in the U.S. appeared in 1915 in Detroit, Michigan. It was a two-foot by two-foot square with a white background and black letters. I skimmed the history of how the stop sign developed over the years, but this sign, now a red octagon with white letters, in order to better command driver attention, and also the first traffic sign to become reflective to make it more noticeable after dark, is an important part of keeping us safe on the road. I still remember as a 15-year-old with my driver's permit, reading it through the book and learning about stop sign etiquette. How if you show up first or second, if you show up second, the first person gets to go first. If you show up at the same time, the person on the right gets to go. Though, again, I do wonder if some drivers have forgotten how stop signs work these days. We stop for a number of reasons. From allowing pedestrians to safely cross the street, to making sure we won't run into or be hit by an oncoming vehicle. And all of this requires us to pay attention and to halt our own momentum. So what exactly is this Advent invitation to stop? Thus far, I've been intentionally vague about whether we are stopping for or from something, because for each of us, this Advent season may find us needing something different. Likely, there may be a few stops we need, and stop is used in many situations. So let's look at a few of the things we may need to stop for or from as we wait and prepare. Some of us may need to stop always doing. I have heard people say that God created us as human beings, not human doings. God commanded us to stop our work, and keep a Sabbath. Right as the month of December is about to begin, it's probably the last time many of us want to think about finding time for a Sabbath. If your schedule looks like mine, and I imagine many of yours do, 
I have something almost every evening this coming week, and the holidays are just beginning. There's travel to figure out and prepare for, decorating to do, booster shots to be scheduled, gifts to be figured out and then purchased, all on top of our normal to-do lists. Most of it is wonderful, and if we are honest, it is a privilege for us to be able to do these things. But it can also, also make us feel overwhelmed and frantic. Sometimes we need to just stop. We need to pause, rest, breathe, and remember what this season is about in the first place. We need to figure out where in the midst of our full lives we can designate time for preparing for the light of the world to enter into our lives and to ground ourselves in that love. Stop is also a command that is meant to prevent something bad from happening, either in the sense of the stop sign or in the sense of a parent telling the child about to do something dangerous, like grabbing a curling iron or putting their hand on the stove to stop, to prevent injury. Stopping can prevent us from hurting ourselves or causing ourselves needless pain and toil. Going hand in hand with the busyness, I'm the kind of person who decides that the solution to doing something like unloading a lot of things from the car is just to pile it really high and get it done quickly. Stopping, pausing, and assessing the situation might help prevent the mess of groceries sprawled all over the ground. In another sense, taking time in our lives to stop and strengthen our hearts in holiness may be what we need in order to prevent us damaging relationships in our lives or making a decision that our gut tells us we'll later regret. A friend decided to take some time away from Facebook this past year. After replying to someone else's post with a comment that, while true, was overly harsh and lacked empathy. And they felt like the best thing they could do as they realized that was just to stop for a period. Another friend may have the opportunity for a promotion at work soon. But I hope that he'll stop and think about if that is the path he wants to choose before accepting it because he isn't happy in the role that he's in right now, and this would only make it worse. Maybe this Advent is an opportunity for you to stop and think and discern something in your own life and make room for God to enter that discernment. Someone shouting, stop! Or again, the stop sign is also about preventing something bad happening to someone else. It prevents us from hitting the car going through the intersection. At the celebration service, when heated, it may prevent one sibling from stealing another sibling's toy or acting aggressively if the toy has already been taken. When we have a strong reaction to someone or something they did, there is an invitation for us to stop and reflect on what has happened, why we feel the way we do, and assess how we should respond. For some of us, especially those who may have holidays where tensions run a little higher, Maybe this is what we need to stop, on, to stop and reflect on this Advent season, to help us discern how to best abound in love. Sometimes our stopping is for something else, such as the signs we see on the road to stop for children or stop for animal crossings. Sometimes when we stop, it enables someone else to continue on their own journey and supports where they are headed. Maybe we need to stop and look at if there are places in our lives we could be supporting and creating space 
for others to better flourish in their own roles. While this is not an exhaustive list of things we may wish to stop from or for this Advent season, one final thing I want us to consider is how we can use this season to reflect on stopping unjust practices in our own lives. Advent is a season when we look to the voices of the prophets who pointed out the places of injustice they saw in the world and their promises that God would come into these broken places. In a world with so many injustices, are there things we can do within our own lives to make the world a slightly more just place? from how we treat other people to how we make our purchasing decisions. Part of the invitation as we wait and prepare this Advent season may be to prepare to live a life that is a little bit lighter on the earth and more intentional in how we think about the impact of our own life on others. I encourage you this Advent to take time to stop in the name of love, God's love. Stop to increase in love, to experience God's love, and stop so that you might be better suited to share God's love. Stop and experience Sabbath. Stop practices and behaviors that can be damaging to yourself or others, and spend time sitting with God in discernment or strengthening your heart for the journey ahead. Consider how you might listen to the voices of the prophets and stop unjust practices or work to change unjust thoughts. This is all part of the work of preparing for the gift of the Incarnation. In this season of gift-giving, this is part of the gift that we can give to God to stop in the name of God's love and point ourselves to the manger. In doing so, we will increase and abound in love, and our hearts will be strengthened. For in the manger lies the greatest love in all the world. Amen.
And now with the saints through the ages, let us confess our faith. Beloved in Christ, what do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All that we have, all that we are, is a gift from God entrusted to our care for a season. Whether you choose to make your offerings at the conclusion of the service in the silver plates, or whether you give online, God loves a cheerful giver.
Holy God, from the abundance with which you have blessed us, we return these offerings, asking that you would bless them and use them, and that we might be blessed as we see your kingdom at work among us. Through Christ our Lord, we pray all these things. Amen. Friends, this is the joyful feast of the kingdom of God. They will come from east and west and from north and south and sit at table in the kingdom of God. According to Luke, when our risen Lord was with his disciples, he took the bread, blessed it, and broke it and gave it to them. Their eyes were open and they recognized him. This is the Lord's table. Our Savior invites all those who trust in him to share in the feast which he has prepared. Let us pray together. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is truly right and our greatest joy to give you thanks and praise, O Lord our God, creator and ruler of the universe. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. You set us in this world to love and serve you and to live in peace with all that you have made. When we turned from you, you did not turn from us. When we were captives in slavery, you delivered us to freedom and made covenant to be our sovereign God. When we were stubborn and stiff-necked, you spoke to us through prophets who looked for that day when justice shall triumph and peace shall reign over all the earth. Therefore, we pray, joining our voices with the celestial choirs and with all the faithful of every time and place who forever sing to the glory of your name. Majesty, and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. You sent him into this world to satisfy the longings of your people for a Savior, to bring a freedom to the captives of sin, and to establish justice for the oppressed. He came among us as one of us, taking the lot of the poor, sharing human suffering. We rejoice that in his death and rising again, you set before us the sure promise of new life, the certain hope of a heavenly home, where we will sit at table with Christ in our host. Remembering your gracious acts in Jesus Christ, we take from your creation this bread and this wine and joyfully celebrate his dying and rising as we await the day of his coming. With thanksgiving, we offer our very selves to you to be a living and holy sacrifice dedicated to your service. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ has died. will come again. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these your gifts of bread and wine, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. 
by your Spirit, make us one with Christ, that we may be one with all who share this feast, united in ministry in every place. As this bread is Christ's body for us, send us out to be the body of Christ in the world. Strengthen us, O God, in the power of your Spirit, to bring good news to the poor and lift blind eyes to sight, to loose the chains that bind and claim your blessings for all people. Keep us faithful in your service until Christ comes in final victory and we shall feast with all your saints in the joy of your eternal realm. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor are yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior has taught us, let us pray together. On the, night of our, <clears throat> on the night of our Lord's arrest, when he was at table with his friends, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them, saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. After supper, he took a cup of wine. And he shared it with his friends, saying, Drink this, all of you. This cup is a new covenant sealed in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Let, Let us, us keep, keep the, the feast. feast. Let us pray together once more. Holy God, we thank you and we praise you that in love you have reached across the abyss of our sin to bring us once more into your embrace, having been thus fed at Christ's now to be his body. Through Christ our Lord we make this in all of our prayers. Amen.
we go out into the season of Advent, I invite you to stop in the name of love. Point yourself towards the manger as we wait and prepare to be ready to receive the gift of love incarnate. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you and abide with you this day and always. Amen.